Well, it's good to be back with you folks again. Great to hear of the youth retreat, and uh, sounds like some really great things happened there this week. And um, yes, it's, Gloria and I have been talking, just kind of feels like a wonderful family feeling here in this church. And uh, so we're really glad to be able to come up and share with you again today. Well, this is um, Veterans Day weekend, you might say. And uh, I would like to have all of the veterans in the church. If you've served in the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, whatever, or if you're currently serving, I would like to have all of you stand up at this time. We'd like to recognize you today, want to salute you for your service to our country. We so appreciate your sacrifices and all that you have done. Let's give these a hand of applause. We appreciate you, yes. And um, today we're going to look in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. So if you want to find that in your Bible, and uh, you can read along with me as I read it out loud. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. May God speak to us through his word today. Well, last Sunday, we looked at Ephesians chapter 2, and we were talking about peace with God, being put in a standing of peace with God, and peace with one another. Today, we're looking at uh, the peace of God. Uh, in other words, the inner peace that God imparts to our hearts. And I asked this morning, are you at peace? A few years ago, Richard Russell, a ground crew employee of Horizon Air, stole a jet airplane at SeaTac Airport. Uh, he had never piloted a plane but somehow he was able to taxi down the runway and take off into the sky. He flew south past Tacoma. Uh, fighter jets from Portland screamed up to intercept him and to try to divert a disaster. Meanwhile, Russell was doing stunts in the air. Tragically, his flight was a suicide mission, for he had no knowledge of how to land 
the aircraft. This young man, only 29 years old, somebody's husband, somebody's son, communicated this message over the radio. He said, I'm just a broken guy, got a few screws loose, I guess. And soon after that, the plane crashed into a ball of flames. So sad, so sad. This young man without inner peace. Well, this last Thursday morning, or Tuesday morning, I was up on the flat part of the roof at the uh, Haller Lake Church building, which is now the Converge Northwest Conference Center, cleaning the uh, debris out of the downspouts, and little did I know that just down the street at Ingram High School, a tragic scene was occurring. A student at Ingram High School shot and killed a 14, or shot and killed a boy there at the school. The shooter was 14 years old. And uh, what, what a heartbreaking, uh, what a heartbreaking thing this is for, for that boy's family. And what a traumatic thing it is for the whole student body and, and the uh, faculty there at Ingram High School. I haven't heard much about the 14-year-old boy who, who shot and killed this other student, but I can only surmise that this young man, now arrested, must be a very messed up kid without peace in his heart. How many broken people do we encounter day by day? Might be the homeless man who's shivering in the cold, it might be your co-worker at, at work, and uh, on the outside, he or she looks uh, like, you know, life is going well, nothing wrong, but on the inside, maybe they're falling apart. It may be someone in your own family, or it might be you today, that somehow you feel broken and sad and unhappy, restless, agitated, agitated, uh, just uh, dissatisfied with your life. Well, Henry David Thoreau said, people live lives of quiet desperation. Does it have to be that way? Paul in Philippians assures us that inner peace is possible through Jesus Christ. Peace doesn't come in a bottle. Uh, medications prescribed by a doctor might be helpful, and I'm not against that, but ultimately peace doesn't come in a bottle. Peace comes through faith in Jesus Christ. How can we find peace? That's our question this morning. Let's look at God's prescription for peace. And uh, Paul shares several admonitions for inner peace with us. The first admonition, rejoice. Rejoice. If you're taking notes, write that one word down, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, The cheerful heart is good medicine. Hey, there's nothing better than a good belly laugh, okay? It just uh, is good for the heart. Uh, if you want inner peace... If you want well-being, then rejoice. Well, wait a minute, you say. Is it really all that simple? You know, that sounds like you're saying, well, 
You know, just, just make yourself feel happy. Put on a happy face. Cheer up. Uh, smile, brother, smile. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you don't feel happy, just snap out of it. Come on. Is that really all there is to it? Well, what is, Paul, what is Philippians 4, 4 actually saying? Let's notice it says, rejoice in what? Rejoice in the Seahawks? They were playing this morning over in Germany, okay? And uh, last I heard, it didn't sound good. Okay? But should I let my happiness rise or fall uh, by whether the Seahawks win or lose? Well, rejoice in what? The stock market? Stock market's been pretty dismal this year. This past week, there was a little uptick in it. That, that's good, but, uh, you know, should my happiness rise and fall with the stock market? Rejoice in what? Whether the uh, sky is sunny or rainy? You know, should, should I let the weather dictate my mood? Uh, the verse says here, rejoice in the Lord. Okay? Rejoice in the Lord. Um, in Christ, we always have cause for rejoicing, don't we? Uh, now consider that Paul wrote this when he was where? When he was in jail in Rome for his faith. Uh, he was chained. He was incarcerated. His uh, freedom had been stripped away. Nonetheless, Paul was spiritually free in Christ. He had peace with God. And now he says, rejoice in the Lord always. At a time earlier than this, Paul and his missionary companion Silas were in a jail in Philippi. He's writing to the Philippians now. He's in jail in Philippi. You can read about it in Acts 16. He had been stripped and uh, severely flogged with whips. He'd been beaten and bruised and bloody. And he, he and Silas were placed in an inner cell. Their feet were in stocks. And yet, what were they doing? Well, at midnight, they were praying, and they were singing praises to God so loud that all the other prisoners could hear them. And uh, Paul says in Philippians 4.4 4 now, Rejoice in the Lord always. At all times, in every circumstance, rejoice. Rejoice. Habakkuk chapter 3 17 and 18 say this, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are not grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the, the fields produce no food, uh, though there are no sheep in the pen or cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. When circumstances turn bleak and sour, Let's learn to praise God, rejoicing in him at all times, thanking him for his goodness and faithfulness. In the end, this will lead us to peace of mind. Now, here's a second admonition for inner peace. Be reasonable. Uh, verse 5, let your reasonableness 
be known to everyone, the Lord is at hand. This uh, Greek word for reasonable could also be translated gentle, kind, courteous, moderate, forbearing, considerate. I have my own Don Harrell unauthorized version of this. Chill out, okay? Just chill out. Uh, when I think of the political climate in our country today, uh, we could use this strong dose of reasonableness. Now that the elections are over, um, I think we should all just chill out. Uh, there's such sharp division in our country today. Where's the voice of calm reason? In Paul's day, there were these two ladies in the church of Philippi who needed to hear this admonition. There in verses 2 and 3, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, and I also ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored by my side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now here were two women. They were good women. They were godly women. They were, they were servants of the Lord. And, uh, and yet whenever they got together, there was just this personality clash, like the clashing of symbols. They just kind of butted heads with each other. There was friction between them. You know, it's like uh, two pieces of sandpaper rubbing together. Uh, do you have anyone in your life like that? You know, anyone flash to your mind? Well, Paul encouraged one of the church leaders, hey, see what you can do to, to help these two dear saints to chill out, okay? To chill out. Now, here's a little prayer. Someone has said, Lord, thou knowest better than I know myself that I am growing older and will someday be old. Keep me from getting talkative and particularly from the fatal habit of thinking that I must say something on every subject and on every occasion. Release me from craving to try to straighten out everybody's affairs. Keep my mind free from the recital of endless details. Give me wings to get to the point. I ask for grace enough to listen to the tales of other pain, others' pains. Help me to endure them with patience. But, but seal my lips on my own aches and pains. They are increasing, and my love of rehearsing them is becoming sweeter as the years go by. Teach me the glorious lesson that occasionally it is possible that I may be mistaken. Keep me reasonably sweet. I do not want to be a saint. Some of them are so hard to live with, but a sour old person is one of the crowning works of the devil. Make me thoughtful, but not moody, helpful, but not bossy. With my vast store of wisdom, it, is, it seems a pity not to use it all, but thou knowest, Lord, that I want a few friends in the end. Well, there's a prayer for us. Paul 
admonishes us to be reasonably sweet. And then he reminds us that the Lord is at hand. Now, I have a um, grandson who's seven years old, but back when he was about four years old, he and his family went to the theater, theater to watch uh, The Return of Mary Poppins. And in the uh, opening of that movie, there's a scene where, where Mary Poppins is coming floating down from the sky using her umbrella as a, as a, as a um, parachute. So she's floating down gently from the sky, and, and Ben got all excited at this, and he shouted out in the theater, it's Jesus! <laughs> the Lord is at hand. Jesus is coming again someday, amen? And he's coming to gather us to himself, and someday we are all going to stand before him and give an account of our lives. And even right this moment, the Lord is at hand. He sees everything we are doing. He, he hears everything we're saying. He, he sees the motives of our hearts. The Lord is at hand. He's at hand to help us to be reasonably gentle with one another. Be reasonable, Paul says. And then here's a third admonition for inner peace. Pray. Pray with faith and thanksgiving. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, the NLT version puts it, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Why worry when you can pray? Now, some of us like to turn that around. You know, we, we say, why pray when you can worry? Why pray when you can fret and stew and stress out over things? And I'm preaching to myself right now, okay? Uh, why worry when you can pray. Why pray? Because prayer is the antidote to worry. Prominent physician some years back addressed the British Medical Association. He said, the best medicine I've discovered is prayer. As one whose whole life has been concerned with the sufferings of the mind, I would state that of all hygienic measures to counteract disturbed sleep, depression of spirit, and a distressed mind, I would undoubtedly give first place to the simple habit of prayer. It does more to quiet the spirit and strengthen the soul than any other therapeutic agent known to man. Pray. Well, how do we pray? says we are to pray by prayer and supplication or petition. We're to present our requests to God. We're not to be shy about asking God for things. Uh, we should be very specific in our requests, and this requires faith. John chapter 14, verse 14 says, You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The words of Jesus. 
And again, uh, Jesus says in John 16, 24, Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So let's petition our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name, trusting, believing that he will answer and that he uh, is there for us. And it says, pray with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for all that God has done in your life. Thanksgiving for all that he is going to do in requests, in answer to your prayers. Uh, be praying, thanking God in advance for how he will answer. We, we may not know when God will answer. We may not know exactly how he will answer, but we know that when we pray in faith in accordance with God's will, he will indeed answer, and we can be thanking him for that. And then we come to verse 7, a precious verse for many of us. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like a sentry standing guard over the city, uh, the peace of God will keep watch over our lives. God's peace surpasses all understanding. We, we can't explain it. We can't comprehend it. But we can experience it inwardly. We can experience God's wonderful peace as we pray and trust God in every circumstance of life. In verse 19, it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, let's simply take God at his word. Let's simply trust that he will provide our needs, whatever they might be. Maybe you're worried about your financial situation. God will supply. Maybe you're worried over your job situation, or maybe your health, or maybe a family member, or uh, maybe concerned about things for yourself. Well, According to the wealth of heaven, all the riches of heaven, God will meet you at your point of need. You will find peace when you pray in faith and as you give thanks to the Lord. Here's a fourth admonition for inner peace. Think. Think. Okay? Think about the good things of God. Verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We are what we feed our minds. CNN uh, reports of a cattle ranch in Australia where the beef cattle are fed a regular diet of hay and grain and so on. But during the last couple of months of their lives, these, uh, they're, they're fed, in addition to that, huge amounts of uh, Cadbury chocolate and cookies and candy. And this produces a distinctive sweet taste 
to the meat. Uh, this Wagyu, Wagyu beef can cost as much as $300 a pound. Uh, yes, we are what we eat. Uh, that goes for what we feed our minds, doesn't it? Uh, they say garbage in, garbage out. Much of what our culture offers us today is spiritual junk food. Whether it's on the TV, or in the movies, or on the internet, or on the radio, you know, we're daily being fed this spiritual junk food. Now, that's not always true. We can look for art and literature and music and TV and radio programming and so on that feeds our mind in a healthy way, helps us to appreciate God's good creation, um, helps us think about things that are pure and lovely and true and honorable and praiseworthy, virtuous and admirable, positive things from God. So we can look for those things, like the movie on this Thursday night, okay? That sounds like a wonderful movie, but, um, you know, we, we can look to God, and um, for starters, we can, we can look to our Bible for, for the beauty and the, and the good positive things we read and, and feed our soul. Um, so feast on those good things. N.T. Wright um, tells about a friend who, as a teenager, went home and announced to his mother that he'd become a Christian. And his mother was aghast at this. Uh, she thought he'd join some kind of weird cult or something. She moaned, you've been brainwashed. He was ready with an answer. He said, Mom, if you'd seen what was in my brain, you'd realize that it needed washing. Wright says, of course, he hadn't been brainwashed. If anything, it's our culture that brainwashes us. Wright says what the gospel does is to administer a sharp jolt, to shine a bright light, to kickstart the brain and the moral sensibility into the proper work, uh, into working properly for the first time. Uh, to find peace... Uh, keep your mind dwelling upon the good things of God. Uh, Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Well, here's a, here's a fifth admonition for peace. Do. Okay, just write that one down. Do. That's simple enough, huh? Do all that God shows you to do. Verse 9, whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Practice. Act upon. The old King James simply says, do. It's like the Nike shoe ad uh, slogan, you know. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, Paul had brought the gospel to Philippi, and uh, carefully through his words, 
and through his lifestyle he had shown the people how to live as Christ followers. Now he says, everything I've taught you, do it. Just do it. Don't merely think about it. Don't merely talk about it. Don't merely sing about it. Get out there and do it. Do it. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We, we need to act upon all that God shows us to do. Um, you know, and that's something we can't do in our own strength. We cannot live like Jesus by just trying hard enough. But look at verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Through Christ we can do all that God is calling us to do. The Christian life is not hard. It's impossible, okay? It's impossible to live the Christian life in our own strength. But with Christ's strength, we can do all things. And, and we can overcome temptation. Uh, we can handle difficult situations. We can live like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do it. Practice these things. And then this beautiful promise at the end, and the God of peace will be with you. Verse 7 promises us uh, the, the peace of God. Here's an even greater promise. The God of peace himself will be with us. Life doesn't get any better than that, folks. The God of peace will abide in us. So, as we close today, I, I would ask again that question, are you at peace? Are you at peace? Or like Richard Russell, are you just a broken guy or a broken gal with a few screws loose? How can we find peace? How can we find peace? Peace begins with, first of all, being at peace with God. Uh, we talked about this last Sunday. When we put our faith in Christ, when we ask him to be our Lord and Savior, we are made to be at peace with God. We are reconciled to God. We are declared righteous in God's sight. We have that standing of being justified, put right in God's eyes. We are no longer at war with God. We are at peace with God. That's our new status in Christ. Once we are at peace with God, then we can begin to experience the peace of God, the peace of God, the inner peace. So take these admonitions to heart. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Be reasonable. Pray with faith and thanksgiving. Think about the good things of God. And finally, do act upon all that God shows you to do in his strength, in his strength. This is God's prescription for peace. What I want you to do is take at least one of those prescriptions, okay? 
rejoice, be reasonable, pray, think, do, take at least one of those and put it into practice this week. Concentrate on it. Focus on it throughout the week, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have provided that perfect path for us to come to you in faith and trust to establish a personal relationship with you through Jesus Christ, through his cross and resurrection. And so, Father, I just pray that uh, you will indeed impress upon our hearts what a wonderful thing it is to be at peace with you. And uh, if there's anyone today who is not at peace with you, I pray that they would simply ask you to come into their life, forgive their sin, and surrender their lives, Lord, to you today. And then, Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that we would indeed experience the peace of God, that the God of peace might dwell richly in our hearts, that we might, Lord, be walking in fellowship with you, experiencing that inner tranquility, that peace of mind and heart that you want us to experience in our day-to-day -day lives, that we, you might fill us with your peace and your joy. And I pray these things, Lord, today in Jesus' name. And now may God bless you and keep you in his care as you go forth from here, rejoicing in the Lord today. God bless. Bye.